WMCHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Who or what? is the Antichrist. Is this just a Christian concept, or does it go deeper? And does it have anything to do with these alleged prophecies about 2012? You didn't say and beyond. And beyond. You do Buzz To infinity and beyond. Yeah, I was just going to say, you do Buzz you're proud. Uh, Hello there, and welcome to the 278th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben. And those questions that kind of seemed incomplete to me were my, was of my co-host and partner, partner in the paranormal, my dad. So this evening, we'll tackle a subject we've never talked about before, but a lot of people are talking about it, the Antichrist. And I'm not talking about my car. That's what I call my car, but we're going a little my deeper than that. My car is the Antichrist. Anyway, Dr. Joy Jeffries Pugh is an alumna of South Georgia College. Valdosta State College, I hope I'm not pronouncing that correctly, and Nova University, where she received her doctorate in education. She is a researcher, counselor, mental retardation professional, human services director, and consultant. She also was a consultant to MUFON, that's the Mutual UFO Network, on the spiritual implications of UFO phenomena, something we're very interested in. Dr. Joy is the author of three books, Colors of Joy, 1975, Antichrist, The Cloned Image of Jesus Christ, 1999, and Eden, The Knowledge of Good and Evil, 666, also available as an audiobook. Dr. Joy also has written hundreds of articles about the mentally and, and physically, I don't say psychically handicapped, physically handicapped for various newspapers and magazines. She has won a number of awards for these. She was appointed by Eunice Kennedy Shriver to the International Special Olympics Task Force to improve athletic training for handicapped athletes. As a certified coach, she trained handicapped athletes for state, regional, national, and international competitions for over 12 years. Bravo for that. Great great thing to do. Dr. Joy also has considerable musical credentials. On her website, www.drjoyedrjoy.com. Dr. Joy Pugh, uh, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Thank you so much, Paul and Ben, for having me as your guest tonight. That's a pleasure. Oh, you are welcome. And I'd like to say, very good job with the Special Olympics Task Force. I, I have a friend who's uh, going to school to become a special education teacher. Just wanted to throw that in as a side note. Well, that's a, a very rewarding occupation, and you get to deal with people that uh, really will bless your life. I, I, I just treasure all the people that I dealt with over the years that really had to deal with some really, really tough issues, and their outlook on life really can just bring a joy to your ha- really to your heart that you just never imagined. So they will totally enjoy their work. Mm-hmm. Huh, yes. Okay. So, and if anybody would like to call in and talk to Dr. Joy this evening, now is the time. Two four eight five four five seven six eight five is the number. Again, two four eight. Five four five seven six eight five. So here goes. Well, since my dad refers to his car as the Antichrist, as you just heard, uh, but who is or what is the Antichrist? Well, when we first started doing research a long, long time ago on some of the things that were actually happening in the really the world, I had a 
really good friend who I would bounce off ideas about the possibility of who really the Antichrist could end up being. And as a child, I had had a very strange dream when I was six years old that I really feel like that I was given a glimpse of what the end times would really look like and what would really happen as far as an end of days uh, battle of Armageddon. And in that dream, I was able to see the devastation that this earth would actually go through and not being able to find a lot of answers to questions that I had in regard to that particular dream at six years of age. It led me on a lifelong journey of doing research to try to determine what was going to happen because I felt like that I actually had had a glimpse of something that I myself was going to see. And a part of that was who this man would be that was going to be called the Antichrist according to biblical prophecy that would have a number of a name that was supposed to be a 666. And when I sat down to start writing my first book, Antichrist, The Cloned Image of Jesus Christ, I was doing a lot of research on the Shroud of Turin. And if your listeners are not familiar with the Shroud of Turin, it is a cloth that is owned by the Catholic Pope right now that is in uh, Europe, and it has a imprint of what is led, many have led people to believe is actually an image of Jesus Christ. Once he went through his burial there after crucifixion, he was wrapped in a linen cloth by Joseph of Arimathea and put in a, a tomb. And on the third day, when his disciples, some of them went into that area, they did find a cloth and a napkin face piece that was left there in the tomb, and of course his body was gone. And that particular cloth has traveled to history, and that's one thing uh, that's a part of my book, Eden, is that I show you how this cloth has come through history and why it has been kind of kept hidden and protected, and now it's very, very, very protected. There's been uh, huge amounts of money that have been spent on preserving this cloth. But the one thing that's most interesting about that cloth is that it is the most researched relic in all of human history. And I don't think a lot of people really stop and think, well, what is that, you know, that we have found archaeologically significant over the years that we have actually spent a lot of money on? But the Shroud of Turin is the one relic that really goes above every other relic that's ever been. And it has been really, really scientifically looked at. There have been speculations that it was not real. There's been dating that says that it was not real, but there's also been skewed situations, and when you do this research, you find that there are some really strange things that have happened to the cloth to keep it from being known as a true relic. And I my see. research is about that. Okay. Now, uh, we're gonna, we only have an hour here, so Ben's going to jump to another issue that might kind of be, people might think is a little bit of a stretch, but go ahead, Ben. Okay, um... We know better than anybody that anything is possible. But are you actually suggesting that Prince William is the cloned image of Jesus? Well, the thing that I think is most interesting about what I'm trying to show in my research, when I started doing this research a long time ago, I really wanted to look at what was the uh, person 
that the Bible said would have the capability to be able to walk into a world stage and literally take over and have the power to do so. And my research shows that through the, uh, the days of really from the Garden of Eden up until today, that there has been a lineage very involved in our world that have become actually the blue blood status or the royal status of our world, and that they typically are the ones that oversee the kingdoms of the world. And from that standpoint, going back to the dream that I had in which I saw with my very own little eyes at age six, a man that I truly believed was Jesus Christ. And when I first saw the Shroud of Turin, I was like, that's the person that I had seen in that dream when I was six years of age. And at the same time, looking at the parallels of what the Bible tells us about, I came to the understanding that there was going to be a man that was going to be this Antichrist that was going to be able to fool even the elect. And as I did the research, I found out through that research that his image was very important according to John the Revelator when he actually wrote the book of Revelation. He specifically talks about the image being an icon. And the icon, the only icon that anybody has ever reverenced is Jesus. And so I began years ago trying to find out who would meet the specifications of having a lineage that they could tie back to Jesus and claim royalty to be able to sit on the throne there in Jerusalem as a so-called Messiah at the end of days. And when I did the research, I found that there was a lineage called the Merovingian lineage that did have ties back, and it pulled into all of that a lineage from um, uh, Judah, and also the lineage of the unicorn, which was very interesting, but at the all same right. time... Okay, I'm going to have to slow you down here. <laughs> I think we might be losing some people at this point in the sense that <laughs> okay. you're dealing with such a huge subject here. Okay, well, don't look now, but you're talking to two direct descendants of the Merovingians. Um, yeah. At this point in history, uh, I at least probably half the human race is descended from the Merovingians. I mean, you have to understand how human genetics works. Now, we're, we're going to have a show in a few weeks with Rob Howells and the, the bloodline thing. And uh, are you suggesting that Jesus Christ had actual descendants. Let, let's start with well, that. This is this is the play that seems to be um, being promoted. It, it, you know, it started with um, um, Brown's work on the Da Vinci Code, and that opened a lot of doors. But the problem is, is then looking at the um, bloodlines of the royals. I have found that in tracing back, trying to go back to the lineage of King David, like they say that they are claiming to be, that they have actually stretched it a little bit, uh, and there's different areas of that lineage that really stands out. It's almost like it's been tweaked a little bit to make it look right on paper. The thing that was most interesting to me, though, was the fact that when I was doing research on um, Hitler's regime and what he was doing in some of the underground work, that I came across where there was a perfection of cloning that had taken place and that his desire had been to get a hold of the shroud. And that he had actually had uh, some, I guess, people who had brought him the Spear of Destiny. And that they were trying okay, well, to... Now, what's the Spear of Destiny? It is a spear that actually pierced Jesus' side. And that was in Vienna, so, wasn't it? And that's what they were wanting to be able to get, even the blood or any type of uh, remain that would be on that particular spear, and for him to have access to it. And that he was doing a lot of 
DNA and uh, genealogical lineage kind of things underground. And he was Is trying to identify what the Hebrew lineage was, the true Hebrew Israelite lineage would be. Because then you can be able to trace back who would have that particular lineage that would be able to go back and connect to directly to, you know, Jesus Christ. But the thing that stood out to me was that I felt like that there was going to be a cloning that took place. And so when I looked at this shroud and saw that back in the 1970s, even into the late 1960s, even before the Catholic Church really owned this route, that there had been some scientific teams that had gone in and actually taken blood samples from this route. And when they had done their research on those things, they had actually cloned parts of that blood and had actually proved that it was a, of a man and it was of Jewish descent and all these kind of little things that, you know, we have not heard about until recently in regard to cloning and DNA and mapping and that kind of thing. So you you're suggesting, are, I'm, I'm sorry to keep interrupting, but this this hour goes really fast. Uh, uh, but So you're saying that, that there is an existing clone? Of, I mean, my understanding from people who worked on the Shroud was that there was no viable DNA. Uh, on, what, uh, what happens is, is that there was DNA, and in doing the research, and I show that in my book, who it was and who they got it, how they got it, and how they used it and how these different laboratories actually showed that it had been processed. The question was whether or not you could take something that had been degradated for any length of time and be able to manifest it into a perfect cloned individual of the original host. And what happened was I was doing some research on Ron Wyatt, who had actually taken some blood that he had gotten from an archaeological dig there in Israel. And he had taken the blood and actually had it swirled into a warm saline. And when he did this, they found that the blood was not really dead. So we're not looking at dead blood that's on the Strat of Turin. And I think that's the thing that makes all the difference. It's okay. not really degraded. It's like taking blood from you and I. All right. Well, there are all kinds of stories. I'll have to interject because we have a break coming up, Doctor. I'll have to interrupt you. But we're, we're gonna, this is fascinating. We're going to get into this in great detail after we get back from our break. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal on, uh, with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. Our guest is Dr. Joy Pugh. Fascinating conversation. And we'll be right back. So stay with us. CBS Radio's The New Sky. NewSkyRadio.com. This is The Lisa J. Smith Show. So you say you want to be a rock star, so why don't you go ahead and be one? This is Lisa J. Smith. You can listen to me every day at 3 o'clock Eastern. Lisa J. Now, right here at CBS Radio, The Sky. Look up to the sky. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Reach out. NewSkyRadio.com. was a man back in 95 Whose heart ran out of summers But before he died I asked him, wait, what's the sense in life? Come over me, come over me He said, son, why you gotta sing that tune? Catch a Dylan song or some eclipse of the moon Let an angel swing and make you swoon Then you will see you will see 
CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. And welcome back, and we're having a fascinating conversation with Dr. Joy Pugh, expert on a number of things, uh, including the uh, the Antichrist, something that we're, we've never talked about on the show before, and we're having a great conversation about that. Now, now Doctor, let, let me get this straight. You're suggesting that blood uh, from some source, perhaps the Shroud of Turin or whatever, was was used to clone Jesus Christ, and and who is the result of that? Well, that's what I really show on my website, and I encourage people to really go there at www.drjoye.com and look at the comparative analysis that I have done on Prince William. Uh, And, of course, a lot of people get really anxious because... He is someone that is really about to take a step on the world stage, and he's preparing himself for that kind of thing. But the interesting fact remains is that he matches the Shroud of Turin. And I don't think it's for a you know a photo shoot. I think that there's something much more evil and sinister about all of this because of the fact that John the Revelator in Revelation said that this Antichrist would come in a very famous image. He would be an icon and an image. And, of course, when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and Sadducees, he told them that he was going to, you know, the, the temple would be raised back up in three days, and they thought he meant he was going to rebuild a physical temple. 
but he was talking about his body as a temple. And uh, I, I just I think it's very interesting that when uh, the Bible even says about the Antichrist that he's going to walk into this temple and he's going to say that he is God in the flesh. And at this point in time, with the amount of involvement that you see with statues that bleed or cry, that people will flock to, to a statue if they think they can be healed. It's another thing to think that a man could be actually living in the very flesh of, of Jesus. And it's wait, wait, amazing hold on, to hold on, hold on a sec. I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but... All right, if some guy on the street says he's Jesus, or even a famous person says that they're like a deity, people would think they're crazy. Actually, they say it all the time. Oh, yeah, true. Never mind. I forgot, I forgot <laughs> no. about pop Well, I, mean, I just, I, I have, yeah, well, that's true, but no, no, I mean, Ben's got a point here. There, there are two points here that uh, I think that, that uh, are, and we're always going on about the Western mind and the Eastern mind. We think the Western mind uh, is faulty in much of its reasoning. And when I, and somebody wrote in, what do you mean by Eastern or Western? And the Eastern mind, uh, if you want, Asian, Middle Eastern, uh, or, or more ancient thinking, such as would have been the case when the Bible was written, uh, or, or the, this is how the apostles perhaps would have thought, uh, is different from what we we think today. Uh, it's maybe hard for people to believe, but Jesus was was not born in New York, and and he was not a 19th century American, nor were the people with whom he uh, communed during his uh, earthly life. And I just have to point out that uh, things have um, really gone around the bend since then, and that I think if somebody, everybody's, you know, they talk about the Priory of Zion and the bloodline of Jesus Christ, and maybe he had a child with Mary Magdalene, which I have no problem whatsoever of them being married if someone is fully, uh, you know, people in the Western church get, get you know, whoa, you can't say that. I mean, what is this fixation on, on, on the cervix? You know, to be perfectly blunt, uh, a lot of people of the Eastern mentality would have no problem with that. If a person's fully human, they reproduce. So no problem there. But now you're not talking about that. You're talking about, um, uh, cloning. Okay. So, uh, regardless of, of how someone descends from Jesus, either as a clone or as a, a direct descendant, uh, I think Ben has a point. Uh, in no way meaning any irreverence or disrespect, who cares? I mean, Prince William, you know, sure, you, you have a, a lot of money there, but I mean, a lot of people have have a lot of money who are not royalty, and and uh, you know, the, the uh, I no one has the greatest respect for for the crown of Britain uh, as, as uh, any more than I do, and as I say, they're they're even distant cousins of ours uh, through the Courtenay family, and I just um, I just don't see what the issue is here. People just don't take these things seriously anymore. So, what 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 say you? This, this is my feeling, is that when you look back at the, uh, the Jewish Taliban, it spoke of uh, beasts of the field that were created that did not have a soul. And if you go back and you look at, at Genesis, there were a male and female that was created in the first part of Genesis, and there's no mention of a soul. It's only after you get into the second and third chapters that you understand that man became a living soul because a breath was put in him, and of course his name was Adam. The problem with cloning is that when you take uh, a cell, which is a very simple process, you take a cell and you take out the nucleus of an egg, you pop the cell of whoever you wish to clone into that egg, you electrify it, and then nine months later you have a replica 
a holographic replica. I mean, it's not a twin. It is a replica of the person from which that cell came from. The problem is, is that if you have a soul, that soul can only be a part of one flesh. It cannot become a part of the second flesh. When the Antichrist comes to power, he has got to have the capability, first of all, to have an opening within him that allows the spirit of Satan to actually indwell in him. That means he is not really human. He has right. human flesh, but he himself is not human. So, therefore, his capability to control becomes a whole different process of people saying, well, I don't, I don't really want to, I don't care who it is. The problem is, biblical scripture tells us that there's going to come a day when that man that has that mark and that capability and that stature will be able to keep us from buying, selling, or trading. He will we have the government to do that. be able to control us. And we're well, heading in that direction. All right. Now, now let's get, get back in, into that. Um, well, it's, it's called millennialism. There are different forms of it. But there, there are issues here with that interpretation of the Bible, which people don't seem to address. First of all, we don't know... When, when the Bible, as we know it, was put together, and, and this is assuming that the Bible trumps all other forms of prophecy, and that there are many others, many other myth cycles, and when I say myth, I don't mean in the Western sense uh, a cute story that teaches a lesson but isn't true. I mean something that expresses the inexpressible in a way we can understand. It is so it is true, in one way or another. So w there are many other myth cycles in that sense uh, that say the same things in different ways. Okay, The problem with all of them, including the Bible, is that we don't know what the original words actually were. I've actually seen the Codex Alexandrinus, which is, was at the time considered the oldest uh, biblical text in the Gospel of Matthew, and you look underneath, and also some of the letters of Paul. And you look underneath, and you can see where ink leaked through, turning uh, uh, the letter Omicron into the letter Theos, totally changing the understanding of who Jesus Christ was. You know, theologically, and there are other places that back up what, what, you know, but my point is that you have to be very, very careful here in biblical interpretation. As you know, I'm sure, in 325 AD at the Council of Nicaea, when the church fathers got together and decided what was going to be in the, in the Christian Bible, they were very, very reluctant to let the book of Revelation in there. So I'm just pointing out some perspective here that, we have to be really careful in how we interpret this stuff. So, well, I don't know, what, what what say you? Well, you know, you can go back and look at even the Old Testament, and you're going to be able to look at Jeremiah and Daniel, Isaiah, and, and some of the older, um, actually older prophets, and you can see that there is this coming time when there will be a so-called dictator that will actually rule over our world as a one-world unificated situation. Where does it say that? System. Well, if they, were, they were speaking for their own times, especially for King Hezekiah. I mean, and, and the destruction in, of... I'm sorry, go ahead. If you go back into the prophecies of Daniel, you find that it talks about the time when there would be different levels of these particular... Um, empires that would rule 
And it's interesting that you start out with the head and you go down and you go to the ten toes and it says that there will be a mingling of the iron with the miry clay and that there would be something that would fall and it would break that particular uh, empire uh, and that that particular stone would be something that was made without human hands. And I think that is where you're, you've got to come to the term that there is an end of it all. There's nothing after the ten toes. There is, there is this particular being that I truly believe as a Christian is Jesus Christ that actually comes back at the end of time and stops this process. But the mingling that happens between those ten toes of miry clay and in mixing with the iron, we're actually seeing that happen with the abduction uh, research that I've been doing for quite some time. Yeah, I wanted to get into that later if we had time. You're talking about alien abduction That's right, because what we see is that when you talk about the the end of days, you have to see the parallel that exists between it and the flood of Noah. And we know that when Jesus spoke, he told that there would be a time like the days of Noah that would come at the end of time that would be the announcing of what would be a second coming that he would actually come back to earth. And what was going on in those days? It was when the sons of God were coming upon the daughters of men and they were producing something strange, something that was called a giant or a Nephilim. And that those particular beings were not human. They actually had six fingers on you know one hand and six toes on one foot they their dna was not like us and there is an archaeological historical record of all that well that, that that's I, I see what 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 you're what you're saying and where you're going but i think you know you're mixing all sort you're taking stuff out of different areas of the bible and kind of bringing it together it's not just you I mean, a lot of people do that and maybe they're right but i mean the ancient prophets i mean the idea that that, that or even, 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 never mind the ancient prophets, and never mind the, the John, the, the revelator, as you call him, or St. John the Divine, as other people call him, uh, or John the Theologian, as the Eastern Orthodox call him. Uh, the, the idea that he would be talking about something thousands of years in the future is, is culturally ludicrous. It's generally believed that he was talking about the Roman destruction of Jerusalem and Israel in 70 AD, the, the end of the world for the Jews about which they still weep. The Wailing Wall, it seems that that is generally where scholars uh, in the majority go with that. Nobody's denying the the teaching that Jesus will return at the end, although the early Christians thought he was going to return right away. Jesus said, what was it? I believe uh, I haven't got in front of me. It was Matthew. uh, 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 There's some here who will not pass away before they they see uh, me returning in glory. Words to that effect. And... um, I mean, and, and the early church believed he would come right away, and they planned as such. There was even opinion that people should not marry or, or, or have children because Jesus is coming. Then he didn't come, and he didn't come, and he didn't come, and it all became more spiritualized. And finally, in the 19th century, along comes what you're saying. I mean, the early Christians never believed millennialism in the way you are talking about it. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong. Maybe it's correct. Something is happening. Nobody can deny that. But I'm just saying, I'm trying to put it in a historical perspective because I think, you know, we love you, but I think you're reaching a little bit here. Um, what Am I wrong? Well, if, you, if you really look at what uh, John the Revelator was saying, the things that would have had to have occurred in uh, 70 A.D. did not all come to pass as far as what he actually brought into the book of Revelation. And at the time of this going on, when, when, when Jesus spoke that to 
Peter, all the disciples except John the Revelator actually uh, died very tragic and, and awful deaths. Well, we're not fact, sure about John the Revelator that. was born actually was actually boiled in oil and lived uh, out his life, of course, on the Isle of Patmos until he was released by one of the Caesars and to, allowed to go home as an old man and, and actually die. But the intent was to say that some people would actually have to die strange deaths. And what I find most interesting about this is if I was following Jesus and I thought that he was not who he said he was, and then when he went to the cross and was crucified and they all ran and hid themselves, afraid that they would be taken, of course Peter denied him three times, I just find it interesting that after all of that, when he reappears to them, then they become people who are fighting and willing to die for a cause. And I don't know too many humans that would really want to die for somebody if they didn't believe he really was able to have done what he did. And I tell you, uh, if you really look at the the martyrdom that went through those disciples and, and the types of deaths that they died, they died very serious, tragic deaths. And if you didn't believe the man was not who he said he was and that he didn't resurrect from the dead, and he just came walking out of there because he really wasn't dead, you couldn't get me to die for him, and you wouldn't be able to get me to be martyred for him. So I think that something changed those little guys from being wimps to being warriors. Oh, and sure. willing sure. to get their life toward, you know, toward yeah. promoting the agenda. Of course, a number of other people walked out of the tomb uh, as soon as Jesus died on the cross, according to uh, the Gospels as well, but presumably they died again. Anyway, we'll have to wrap for a break. We'll be right back on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com, with our guest, Dr. Joy Pugh. Stay with us. Join Mystic Radio with Robin Alexis Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern and 12 noon Pacific as metaphysical mother and TV personality Robin Alexis helps countless people around the globe live fuller and more conscious lives. Robin serves you using her gifts as a medium, medical intuitive, past life reader, and more. Get your free on-air readings Wednesday at 3 Eastern and 12 noon Pacific right here on the sky. And check out Robin's Soul Spa at RobinAlexis.com. Enlighten, empower, enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries. Enlighten, empower, enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries. All day long, we're devoted to your emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. With your direct connect to the stars, Lisa J. Smith, The Dr. Pat Show, Liz Souza, Barbara Mackey, Glynis McCants, The Wake Up Call with L. Newman and Tom Force. Let us know how we're doing. 248-545-7685. Log on. NewSkyRadio.com. 24 hours a day. Your spiritual well-being is our concern. Awaken the extraordinary. Live the life you've imagined. Look up to the sky. CBS Radio's The New Sky. NewSkyRadio.com. New horizons, no boundaries. Discover your spirit. Listen to Spirit Guide Radio, where spiritual guides nourish your soul every weekday. Heidi Hollis, The Outlander, The Zodiac Girls with Solaris, Laura, and Kira. Laura Lee's Spirit Salon. Ask Dr. Doug with Dr. Doug Lira. 
Life by Number with Celeste and Keeping Life Real with Dr. Susan J. Stone. It's Spiritually Speaking Radio, Spirit Guide Radio at 11 p.m. Eastern on New Sky Radio. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons, No Boundaries. New Sky Radio. Powered by CBS. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. NewSkyRadio.com. Believe. And we're back. And uh, Ben, did you have any questions before we continue? Because I wanted to. Uh, oh, no. Go on. Go okay. Nice. All right. Uh, Dr. Joy Pugh is our guest, expert on the Antichrist and similar events and people. And I wanted to ask you, okay, now, now we've, uh, we've gone back and forth about this cloning issue and everything else. So uh, who, who were you suggesting that, that the, the Germans, the Nazis did this cloning? Or, or I'm they suggesting just... that they were perfecting that particular cloning. Okay. Uh, we have we have records that go back and show you know some of the first things that were actually cloned were frogs and it was back in the 1800s, and um, so it's not a, a science that's brand new to us. It's, it's just kind of been a science that's brand new into the public sector, and and not hidden maybe underground and, and just kept kind of in a laboratory. Uh, when they brought Dolly the sheep you know forward and and really announced it to the world that they had actually cloned a a sheep from an utter cell of a, of a dead sheep, it was quite amazing. And, of course, it caused a lot of controversy, and, and it's really controversy till this day. But what I don't think people understand is, is the, how simple it is and um, how perfected it is. Even the um, you know USDA and FDA that uh, really look after our food has specifically said that as far as cloning cattle and drinking cloned milk and whatever, that it's, it's the same, exactly the same, that it won't, it's no different. Well, so, well, 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 let me ask you a question. Sorry to interrupt again, but let me ask you a question. Uh, to go back to something you mentioned, you you, you said that, that uh, in, in, according to your belief and your research, those who, if a human is cloned, he or she has no soul. Now, soul is a word everybody throws around, but what what do you mean by soul? What is a soul? Well, again, it goes back to Genesis where it says that the Lord, when he made Adam, he blew into his uh, nostrils the breath of life and that is not considered like oxygen because in Genesis 1 it just says he made male and female and that he told them to go out and replenish the earth he doesn't really tell the same things to Adam and it's a whole different ball game so it appears to me that we have within us a spirit uh, that is actually in our image and it looks like us and when it leaves the body it looks like you and I uh oh spiritualism uh, we go go round and round to the ghost uh, ghost experts about this kind of thing. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But in near death experiences of people that I have counseled, you know, they absolutely say that when they see themselves or look down, they can see the body. But then if they also look at their hands or you know, as they're going up into these tunnels and, and wherever, that they specifically still look like themselves. That they really have not changed. And That's so there, I, I truly believe so. that inside of us is that image that is us. Yeah, what was that, Ben? Well, then if one could also interpret that as our body is not really us, not that we are a mirror of ourselves, because that's just selfish and stupid. Well, I think what I mean, we, we get in, go round and round with, with ghost hunters about this stuff, because they, they don't seem to have anything beyond the 19th century explanation of... 
you know, ghosts or spirits of the dead. And uh, my question is, well, without your body, are you still you? I mean, how can you have all your memories and all, all your totality if your being is split, so to speak? And the, the Western mind doesn't seem to question that. I don't, I don't, I don't get that either. So anyway, but I'm not, I, don't, I don't dare get into that now because we only have 20 minutes left. So pl- please continue. I mean, wh- where – okay, we have this cloning. We have a cloned – someone who you believe is a cloned image of Christ. And I say, so what? And you, and so where do you say this is going to go from here? Well, my concern is if you look at the biblical prophecy, even if you look at other prophecies, whether it be the Mayans, the Hopis, whoever, we all see that there is something coming to pass that is called an end of days, an end of age, an end of time. There's different little words for it, but it means that there is a transition from one state into the next state, and that prior to that, there will be terrible, terrible signs in the heavens and the sun, the moon, the stars, and the earth. And if you do research on this, and I do it every day, you can see that there is so much more escalation as far as the numbers of strange occurrences that are happening worldwide, whether it be hurricanes in strange places, tornadoes in strange places, earthquakes in strange places. If you have fish falling out of the sky, worms falling out of the sky. I mean, there's just so much that happens around the world that are getting closer and closer together with more devastation and more pain level. That actually fulfills a prophecy that the Bible says at the end of this age, that there will be signs that will come like a woman in childbirth, and that those birth pains will get closer and closer together and to the point that they will become so manifested that you would scream out to anybody, save us. And at that point in time, Satan plans to have this person in place to do just that, to appear to be able to save humanity. Okay. And the Bible says that's, that's going to be bad for anybody that's left here when that happens. Okay. Now, um, I, I, I hear you. And I'm... For, I, I, Believe it or not, I'm more with you than I'm not with you. Okay, but th- there are. Um, I, I I just wonder, and I asked this of, of a, a number of guests who are, who are, are d- discussing this subject. Is it that more things are happening, or is it that we have three or four twenty-four hour cable networks that will say anything to fill the time? I mean, if you had told me that a cat in a tree in Ohio would make the national news, you know, back when I was starting to be a starting, you know, starting my journalism career, I would have told you you were crazy. But now it does. Uh, things that that are were considered lunacy five or ten years ago are now the stuff of normal conversation, such as uh, the possible end of the world and the 2012 thing or what have you. And these, these things come up. Is it the fact that we are? so well-informed as opposed to our ancestors that all these things are happening, or is it that all these things are happening more than they usually would? Well, if you just look at things that are happening in just your area, and, and of course, I've been on the earth now a little over 50-some-odd years, well, and I can honestly that. say that what happens is, in just my area, I have seen those things escalating from a standpoint of just a small area. And then when you start looking around you and looking at the news, you see more and more and more. And, yes, we probably are more familiar with what is happening. But with the changes, you, I mean, most people can go out and cut down a tree and look at the rings of a tree and be able to tell, do, do we have droughts years ago? Do we have 
uh, a lot of rain during certain seasons. I mean, that's how we have been able to go back and look at ancient history. But at the same time, if you really stop and think, what's happening in your area and are you seeing that escalation? Uh, I was born and raised on a farm. I worked out in the sun with my dad, cropping tobacco, picking cotton, the whole nine yards. And I'm going to tell you, the summers that we have had, the last two summers, and this actually when we just finishing up in South Georgia, we could literally not have stood doing hand labor in the heat that we have had here. And when we are having wells dry up, we are having lakes go to absolutely nothing. And we didn't have pivot irrigation when I was growing up. You, you, you took the water right out of a pond. Today there's no water in those ponds. If we didn't have pivot irrigation, which is actually draining all the wells dry in the area, then we could not have sustained as much as we did. So you let this this little uh, thing continue, and we're going to have loss of water. There's going to be more pestilence. There's going to be more death. There's going to be an inability to feed people. These are things that the Bible prophesies is going to happen, and I see that happening, and it's not I'm having to hear it on a news broadcast. I'm living it. I've seen it. I've, I'm experiencing it, and it's, and it's something that is really quite uh, amazing that it is fulfilling what the Bible says is going to happen. All right. Okay. I, as I say, I hear you. But again, um, and lo- looking back over it, with the viewpoint of centuries, uh, and again, the Western mind has trouble doing that for some reason, you see the Roanoke Colony in Virginia most likely disappearing, not because of some weird supernatural event, but because of an incredible drought in that period. Uh, and, uh, however, I mean, uh, looking back on it and, and having studied these things also, you are right. There, there does, but the climate is not supposed to be, not supposed to be static. Okay. There are climate changes that take place. But again, even looking at it from that perspective, I have to agree with you that there is an awful lot happening in a very short period. Okay, yeah, we're coming up on another break uh, here. We'll have to get back to this. We'll have to wrap it up. But uh, I, I do hear you. I, I don't know if I interpret it the same way, but suffice it to say that um, there is there is a conference going on right now. I can't tell you who's involved or much about it, but people discussing these very subjects, what what to do, what is happening, and what it means. So we have to wrap. It's uh, Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio. We'll be right back. Join Mystic Radio with Rob and Alexis Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern and 12 noon Pacific as metaphysical mother and TV personality Robin Alexis helps countless people around the globe live fuller and more conscious lives. Robin serves you using her gifts as a medium, medical intuitive, past life reader, and more. Get your free on-air readings Wednesday at 3 Eastern and 12 noon Pacific right here on the sky. And check out Robin's Soul Spa at RobinAlexis.com. Take CBS Radio The Sky with you wherever you go. Be sure to download the Radio.com app today from your mobile marketplace. And when you really want to know more, 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 be sure to visit NewSkyRadio.com. Get in deep with exclusive articles and sky news. Get your weekly horoscope and the inside scoop on host events. Radio.com and NewSkyRadio.com. Stay connected. Discover your spirit. Listen to Spirit Guide Radio, where spiritual guides nourish your soul every weekday. Heidi Hollis, The Outlander, The Zodiac Girls with Solaris, Laura, and Kira. 
Laura Lee's Spirit Salon. Ask Dr. Doug with Dr. Doug Lira. Life by Number with Celeste and Keeping Life Real with Dr. Susan J. Stone. It's Spiritually Speaking Radio, Spirit Guide Radio, at 11 p.m. Eastern on New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons, No Boundaries. New Sky Radio, powered by CBS. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now, 248-545-SOUL. NewSkyRadio.com. And we're back with Dr. Joy Pugh, and we're talking about, uh, we have been talking about the Antichrist, and uh, I suppose what you might call the end times, or at least very seriously changing times. And as I mentioned to Dr. Joy during the break, uh, there is a, it's at the point of teleconferences right now, but a number of prominent and some not so prominent people who uh, are carrying on a discussion about what we should do. Something obviously is brewing somewhere. What is, what's going to happen? We don't know. When? Ben and I tend to think it's 2012, 2016. Uh, so uh, what, what, uh, I'll ask you the same question, Doctor. What, uh, what do we do? Well, I think that to be informed is one of the biggest things, and I think people, lack of knowledge is what really messes up a lot of people because they don't do a lot of research in these areas, and it's something that's really going to only get worse. And if you're not aware of what's happening around you and, and what choices you're making, you can be really sucked down a rabbit hole real quick and not have the information that you need. So I think that paying attention to what's happening around you and really getting a grasp on how you need to react to it is, is most important. Um, of course, I, I recommend people read the Bible. I, I just really think that instead of listening to people talk about it, they you, you really need to sit down and read it. There, there's a lot of good information there, and I think that it gives you a lot of hope where sometimes in this world, there's not a lot of hope, and I'm afraid from, you know, what the prophecies say is that hope is going to become something that's very, very minute in the in the generations to come. And I, I will honestly say that the, the changes that we're seeing right now on the sun in regard to the number of solar flares and how that affects our magnetic grid here on Earth, and, and then I go into detail in my book about how it affects the pineal gland, and that's a little gland that's in your forehead and how DNA is reacting to that. I think that, like we mentioned even during the break, people know something's happening. It's almost like people are on edge. I get a lot of emails from all over the world, and people will say, you know, Dr. Joy, I feel like that I'm just waiting for something to happen. I just can feel it. It's almost like the elevator's yeah. coming down or the elevator's fixing to go up, one or the other. Well, I, I encourage think that you. there's a change happening. Well, I encourage people to read the Bible, too. We'll only read it in Greek and uh, Hebrew and, uh, in the case of Mark, in Aramaic, because it doesn't say what it says in English half the time. That's a problem. Right. It's really anyway. important, I think, that people look at the translations, because I think the words that are used and translated into English, English language doesn't have as many words as the Hebrew and the Greek did. And so they took and they used a lot of the similar words that I think are very important in the Greek and, and in the Hebrew. So you are very right about that. Okay, well, that's another show. And I'm not even going to ask you about UFOs because we haven't got the time. I want to give you a chance to tell people about your website and where they can get your books. And if there's a moment after that, I'll ask you about UFOs. Go ahead. Okay, um, my website is www.drjoye, that's joy with an E, dot com. And all my books and my music and my videos and CDs and downloads, everything's, are, everything's linked there. You can read a lot at the website. There's also my ongoing research. There's a lot of uh, comparisons there 
of Da Vinci's work as well as uh, the Strata Turin and some other things that we're working on right now. So uh, if you have a question and we didn't get to questions today, you can actually go to my website and, and head on uh, to contact me and send me an email, and I'll be glad to answer your, your question. Okay, very good. And uh, just very briefly, did, did you this work on the Shroud of Turin is this first hand work? I mean, did you work in a lab or did you just talk to people that work in a lab? What did you, how did you do this research? Well, I've been very fortunate in that I've actually had uh, people who actually worked on it to be people that I've actually dealt with and talked with and looked at their research. And so that has been a real, 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 real help for me to be able to have accessibility to people who knew that when they cut the shroud, they cut it in the wrong place and that they really believe that the people cut the shroud to test it for dating to make it skewed because it's not right time yet to be able to come out and say that that is, in fact, a true relic and that there's a lot of little things that are adding up to why it needs to be kept to a certain time period before it is actually told that it's real. Well, anything's possible. I'm not generally a conspiracy theorist, but I'm beginning to wonder. What the, just very briefly, the UFO thing, how does that come into your work? Well, the fact that, um, like I said, in the days of Noah, that it's supposed to parallel to the days that we're going to see come to pass, and I believe that's the generation in which we live, the escalation of what we're seeing uh on TV and whatever in regard to ancient aliens having some play in in bringing us about a civilization and training us and then supposedly leaving and then they're going to come back. Uh, I think that there's the connection. Instead of me calling them ancient aliens, they're actually um, fallen angels and and watchers. and, And, of course, the Book of Enoch and the Book of Daniel mentioned those to us and, and make us very aware that they were very much here, even the book of Genesis, which says the, the sons of God came upon the daughters of man and that they produced these strange creatures called giants, and that's why the, the flood of Noah occurred, was to get rid of that or to well, bring it down yeah. to a level. Oh, that's interesting. Well, what, whether the uh, aliens are responsible for the angel stories or the angels are responsible for the alien stories or neither... That's an open question for another show. But, Dr. Joy, we want to thank you so much for being with us. As I say, this has been the fastest hour we've had in a long time. Yeah. Ben, did you have any last words? And I'll, I'll, let, me, let me put it another way. You don't feel so good. So What? Oh. Okay. Well, I'd like to take this time to say that words cloud judgment, and we all talk too much. I'm not saying you guys are talking too much. I'm just saying... It's a talk show for him. I know. I'm just saying that we all tend to say sentences that mean nothing nowadays. And the fact is, we need to stop interpreting and just sit. Yeah. Let it be, I guess. All right. On that note, thank you so much, Doctor. We'll uh, be talking to you again. Listen, thank you so much. I'll have a blessed night. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. All right, everyone. Uh, Dr. Joy Pugh. Uh, DrJoy.com. Check it out. Okay, I have a few announcements here. Uh, if you live in southeastern New England by any stretch of the imagination, Ben and I will be teaching a course at Providence Learning Connection beginning on Saturday, November 5th, Exploring the Paranormal. Five weeks, including two field trips to sites of famous cases. They sh- uh, uh, Right now we're planning to organize a trip to the famous Village of Voices area in Connecticut, which was uh, probably... My, it was my, certainly my first case, one of the most famous ones. And also, 
uh, hopefully the uh, In the Dark case from Footsteps in the Attic by 2006 book, I should say, a 2002 book, Footsteps in the Attic, and we'll see how that goes. But it will be five weeks, not including Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, check it out. Uh, SouthCoastLearning.org, or there's a link at BehindTheParanormal.com. And if you do not live in southeastern New England, you can also always check out the International Metaphysical University, where I have a course in science, religion, and the paranormal that a lot of people have found somewhat edifying. And I hope you would uh, enjoy that one. Uh, also, I would like to remind you that my books are available on Kindle, uh, Amazon Kindle, and Barnes & Noble Nook e-reader. That's four of my books, including <coughs> excuse me, something probably of total disinterest to this audience, my book on the history of Rhode Island, written with uh, TV uh, Emmy Award-winning TV reporter Glenn Laxon. Okay, and uh, Ben, if you'd like to... Oh, so many thanks to our producer, Will Kosnick, and we will see you next Sunday, October 2nd, when... Uh, my dad and I will be doing an open line show to get through some more of the growing pile of emails. And in the meantime, tune into our New England Drive Time show on WON 1240 AM and com at 6 p.m. Eastern every Monday. You can always get free podcasts of all our shows, along with show schedules and guest information at www.behindtheparanormal.com. And we leave you with a thought from, of all people, Sigmund Freud. Quote, just as no one can be forced into belief so no one can be forced to do unbelief, unquote. Thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we'll see you next time.